So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. Hey everybody, Jerry here with another exclusive offer for our loyal Kafaru Cast listeners. Our friends over at All In Company are giving listeners 10% off their all-new magnetic digiscoping system. And did I mention free shipping? That's right, 10% off plus free shipping. So head on over to allin.co, that's O-L-L-I-N.co, and enter in the promo code Kafaru, all caps, to save yourself 10% and get free shipping. Now here's Aaron with the podcast. Welcome to Kafaru Cast, everyone. Uh, I'm back home. We are getting ready to open up, I think, tomorrow at Kafaru, which is exciting. I just got back from Alabama at the ASA Classic, where I literally closely almost died from humidity. But uh, I've uh, I've got a guy on the other end of the mic that I've uh, known for quite a while and in, and followed even before back in the 3D Times days, which is uh, Dale Jones. Uh, Dale, what's going on? Hey, bud, we're just uh, down here on vacation. I had to miss the classic because of family time. But as Jake says, you got to earn your fall, right? So yeah, no, no <laughs> I kind of took a, way, a day off for that one or weekend, get ready for the IBO world as soon as I get back. Yeah, yeah no kidding. It uh, You didn't miss much. It was hot. I know. It's hot down here, but at least we're on the ocean and get the breeze. Yeah, but, no, no kidding. Yeah, that, uh, ASA is not the weather cooperating with um even from pa and being from the north it gets a little much down there oh yeah what um well tell everybody a little bit about yourself kind of from uh, where you're from and then obviously your archery career hunting stuff like that um from northwest pa uh started shooting ibo with some guys from the club way back when they said hey you want to go to an ibo tournament with us i said i don't know what's that <laughs> um started going shot the youth class when I was 17, I think I started 93, whenever that was. So it's been a minute. Um, shot in the youth class for a year or two, moved up to MBO, shot the triple crown, did okay. Went to worlds in 95 with my dad. We just kind of made a bonsai trip camp laid on the ground for three nights. And I won, um, in the men's open class when I was 19, there was, I believe we talk about it still today, 800 guys in the MBO only class back then. Um, now you're lucky to get 800 shooters to an IBO event. I uh, got picked up by Hoyt that next year, shot pro, made a fool of myself for a year or two, didn't belong there. Then I did actually win a tournament or two, started to get the hang of it probably late 90s. I think that's, I think you were still toting around then too. And I made quite a few shoot offs. I never won an ASA still to this day, <laughs> even in semi pro, I have second all the way to last. Um, I've won some IBOs in pro class. Um, then life came around kids. Uh, I got two boys, 19 and 22, but all through those years, it got a little rough shooting in the pro class. So I dropped back to semi pro, um, things changed at Hoyt with, you know, endorsements and travel money, but I've still always been able to stay on like sponsorship product staff with everybody's been great that way gold tip 60 X back with Hoyt again, after a couple other rounds with some other companies, um, 
like I said, Gold Tip, True Ball, all those guys have been real great just carrying along a pro, a semi-pro shooter all these years. And uh, still, like I said, still trying to win that first ASA. Um, but I've won lots of, you know, lots of IBOs, kind of like my forte. I live in IBO country. So that's yeah. my that's my shooting thing. Shoot some indoors. A lot of Lancaster indoor shoots. Been to Vegas a couple times. I guess I just can't commit. I coached wrestling for 15 years. So wrestling season with kids and uh, indoor season kind of butt heads. So, but that's, that's changed. They're, my boys are grown. One's getting married now next year. So get that to look forward to. Um, but it's been great. I've just done archery, been like a, that roadie that goes around and just sticks with it and never can, I got no quit in me. And I guess it's one thing I've been somewhat okay at over the years and just loved it to be and meet tons of people like you guys and you and lots of other people, Levi, Jeff Hopkins, all those guys over the years have been really, really cool. So like when, um, kind of explain, uh, just so people under understand, I mean, obviously I can explain it, but it's nearly not, you know, uh, it's been a while since I've shot mm-hmm. one, but, but kind of how the, the general chain reaction, you know, works from, you know, the, the pin class, unless you're really young, but young adult, whatever, but then the pin class and guys usually go to shooting a scope and then, uh, you know, semi pro pro, and then ASA's kind of gone to the known everything. Uh, yeah, I guess they got an, man, I didn't know all the classes they have, but kind of explain how that works and, and some of the different ins and outs of, of tournament archery. And then, you know, ex- explain too something you and I were talking about. Cause you were like, dude, that 40, 50 ups for the birds, I'm staying in the class where I got to judge in the, in the known classes. Cause I think yeah. 34 to 40 up well, might get you 20th. So. <laughs> oh, right. So like in ASA, you've always had a bump up rule. You do so well in a class. Um, you got to move up or move out and move up to the next class. And then some guys do so well, they just jump right up into semi-pro or pro. And then they kind of realize, well, that wasn't for me, not quite there yet. And then there's other people that they just go class by class by class, take their licks along the way. And then they get a little better. And then a year or two goes by. When I uh, shot MBO, they just grabbed me and said, Hey, we want you to shoot pro class. They didn't have semi-pro even an IBO back in 90. Six so, or seven. So hold hold on, you're, um, you're speaking to people that don't know. So that's a male bow hunter open. So talk a little bit about that too. Right, like, male bow hunter open. Sorry, that's the men's open amateur class. Um, so that you went from that right to pro. There was no semi pro or nothing. And IBO has no known. They don't. They don't want that class. They don't. Uh, they're not apt to want to go that route. I don't know why. I mean, I know why, but I'm going to keep that to myself. I don't want to make any enemies. I am friends with a lot of those uh, directors and whatnot, but. Um, where ASA is taking on the known. And I mean, some of those classes, there's more shooters in known ASA than the whole IBA tournament has, not even including the unknown classes. But yeah, like here's the known classes. I don't know. I think you figured that out this week and I can't see that well. Um, I can know how far they are, but even if you, you just don't aim in the right spot and you, those guys are hitting, like you saw this weekend, you said the one kid you shot was shot 15 out of 20 maybe drop an eight or two in there. But I, if I know how far there, I can't see well enough to, to put that score up there. So I'm still better off judging to even or two or four up in the semi-pro class, you know, and that's not going to cut it in the pro open class, but you know, that's just where I'm at. And uh, to shoot known 50, you're still shooting 32 to 42 up, I think to even place on the podium. And uh, not that I can't stand on a bag and shoot a dot with you like and, and be 
you know, arrow for arrow, but I can see that dot. <laughs> I know where to aim. I mean, I know where to aim on a 3D, but when you're talking about hitting that quarter size 12 ring, that's a whole different world. And I can't see that good to do that anymore. Yeah, it's, it's unique. And I have a lot of people message me, um, you know, trying to explain, um, kind of, uh, you know, guys that whether they're just curious to be curious or people that are looking to maybe shoot tournaments, cause you look at something like the tack event that is kind of, right. uh, and I'm going to get bashed for this. That is made for having fun in, in, in non-competition and mediocrity, meaning not that you want to be mediocre, like mediocre as a, as a human, right. but meaning, you know, you just want to go out and have fun and shoot some arrows and not aim yeah. at a nickel all day or whatever. And it's a different atmosphere and that target, obviously farther yeah. targets, things like that. Um, where, you know, I, I don't, I'm trying to put this into perspective, maybe, maybe to, like this weekend, and you can and you know dive in on this the the, the way that I shot in in, in looking at it, th- it it this way. So I can't. Yeah, I think you did. I shoot one eight for the week or two eight. I shot an eight each day. Um, I thought you shot one eight on. I looked at your score. You were two up Friday, and you shot two one. Maybe you did shoot two twelves. So yeah, it might have been an eight every day. But even at that, I mean, you haven't been doing. You haven't been at it back at it now for what twenty years, and you come back and stay the twelve ring up. Even if you know how far they are with the the situations and the settings, that's that's pretty solid. Well, and I just like it. It I, I I'm really not pumping anything up other than all the people at high scores, and it's a matter of like, uh, like fractions of an inch to a three quarters of an inch or an yeah. inch. Like when you go through forty targets and and you shoot, and I'll just use my my score like that. Let's say eight, ten, twelve, fourteen up. That's not um, yeah. in most local shoots. That's a really good score, but at the level these yeah, guys exactly. can. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> that's a different level altogether. Like, it, you know, it, you're just if you're winning, if you're winning the, your local shoots and crushing everybody around home, that that's not a guarantee <laughs> that you're coming to an ASA tournament. And you're going to place in the top ten. Really, in the top, what I just saw, top forty, um, maybe yeah. right in the yeah, no, and it, would not known it's extremely impressive because it's not just hitting something the size of a baseball. It's hitting something the size of, no. a, of a quarter, which, you know, I knew that going into it, but it is, it is quite amazing on like uh Stephen uh, Hansen. He was in my group on day one and like there was yeah. a black chamois in the shade at 48.6 donuted the yeah. tw- upper 12 called it, you know, I couldn't see right. anything. Nothing. I saw nothing yeah. on that animal. <laughs> and he made a, uh, Darren, I think, made a comment or PJ in the shoot off. He doesn't practice that at home. He doesn't have that where he's from. You know, where they don't, they do, he just gets to do that here and probably look at targets when he's in the States. Mm. Mm. And that's really impressive. And I mean, I'm not saying if, I'm not telling anybody not to go shoot these that you're going to get your butt kicked or, or maybe you will, maybe you won't. I, I, uh, I think that it's, it's, um, amazing at the level of, of, of what people can shoot. And I, I kind of, you know, going in, wanted to, uh, cause I used to shoot unknown cause I was really good at judging yardage and I was scared shitless to try to do that. Cause I could shoot a great round and blank two targets. Cause two just fooled me cause it's been that long. Right? Yeah. Um, but yep. you know, so I, I, I had a pretty good idea what I was getting to going into it, but I think that, uh, you know, looking at it, I, I wanted to be like around 10 up to 14 up each day. And, you know, the second day I shot better, right. I was kind of scared. Honestly, I was nervous as shit. 
that would have gotten me oh, sure. probably. So I think 40 up might've been 35th to 40th place. Right. That is depressing. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are amazing. Well, and you talk like judging. Yeah. How many animals on a course would you say you come out of the tin ring on an unknown course for you? Uh, unfortunately, more than I want to, but six to eight times. And unfortunately, one or two of them is a five. <laughs> and, and that's on a 20 round, 20 target course. That's generally a difference of plus or minus two. So you're probably a little under or a little over by two or so yards. Is that around? Yeah. So, and I, I only, I'm only wanting to bring this up. Cause like you, like you said, you're good at semi and that's kind of where you're hanging. That's still right. really good shooting. I mean, that's still good. And, and, and what I'm wanting to convey here when I'm talking to you is the level of accuracy you have to hit is, is fairly high. And, and I, cause I had so many people message right. me, man, I, I think I can do it. And I'm like, dude, the only way to know is go, you got to try that's it but you need to be able to try yeah you need i would i would leave being able to hit a gatorade lid out to 50 which i can do i can't see it on the fucking animal i can't dude i'm blind as a bat it was depressing like i was like oh my goodness the guy's like all right like like i can't i'm looking in my binos and he's looking with his eyes he's like he's about three quarters inch uh high out of the low 12 and i'm like you can see that with your eyes huh like yeah that's depressing I, I think, too, some of the guys that have done it forever, like I can't see the rings bare eye, but I've, so, I've done it for so long. I know where they're at. And when you hit, I'm going to guess really close to where you're at, what your score is, without looking at the binos. But when you see those targets thousands of times a year, and, that, and if they're set right, if they're not leaning or quartered, wherever your arrow is, I can see you're not. I bet I know what your score is really close. If not, you're just off the line or you're just – you know, on the wrong side of the line. So you do get that too. Cause there's, when you silhouette shoot, you, you have to almost envision where that ring is. Yeah. Well, while we're, so you know, kind of talking about, you can see it, but sometimes you can't talk about your setup a little bit, both for, for, cause you hunt quite a bit, both your, your target bow, kind of what, what you prefer on that as well as yeah. your hunting bow. Right. I got a, I'm um, shooting a 37 Invicta. Um, with 30 inch draw, nobody believes I'm 30 inch draw, but I guess I got, I'm a knuckle dragger, um, shooting about between 63 and 67 pounds, whatever works out, you know, whatever I take, I want to shoot I like to shoot an X cutter. I don't set up the bow to, to fit my arrows, you know, usually, but it just works out with that. I shoot the same thing. I shot the same thing forever. 65 to 70 pounds with an X cutter. I did up my point weight because now in semi-pro at IBO, we're limited. We have a speed limit of 300. So you can get away with, I think it's 307, 308 if you're shooting, you're DQ'd. So I stay at 303, 305. So that's about 120 grain point. And then uh, ASA, I just up my point weight to 40, 140 grains with the next cutter. And I can't, I honestly think sometimes, does this weight shoot better? Or is it that, you know, my point weight's bearing 20 grains and I still can't tell which uh, better groups better, but we're allowed, you know, 299, I think is what we're allowed or 299. Maybe you're booted, but I just stay in the 295 range for ASA with the same bow. I may just throw on a different site with a little different, uh, you know, different site tape on it. Um, but I, that were there. I mean, I have two, I usually two target bows always set up and sometimes I'll just, one just shoots better. I don't know. I try to measure everything out. I try to, the bow feels good to me. But one just one just outshoots the other one every time. I don't know. I know some guys say I make my bows feel exactly the same, and 
I, I don't know if I can't, I just can't get that way. I think sometimes it's just the limbs, you know, it could be the same flexion limb and they don't roll the same or they don't, the cam's not set exactly on the same, you know, it's not rolled over. You may have a, sh- a short string or a long, longer string and that cam going to feel a little different. So I just sometimes roll the same bow and uh, just set up a different sight tape and a different sight with little different arrows. I run different color flexions so I don't want to grab my IBO arrows and head to an ASA tournament <laughs> and I'm popping weights and I'm out of them. <laughs> and that's something I would end up doing. <laughs> so what do you shoot crap, for like a... too fast. That's wrong. Yeah, no, oh, crap. No, these are my wrong arrows. Yeah, no no kidding. So what do you shoot like for a stabilizer <laughs> and uh, what power lens, what, what scope, that kind of stuff, release, all that? I'm shooting a shrewd with a four power and a 10 or 15 thousandths pin. It just depends on, it's not really that much different. Um, but I've been back and forth this year between blue and green. Like, like you and I talked about the, the, uh, the other day, the blue light sometimes works out really good. And then I get too much of a halo. So I'll switch to green and sometimes I'll go somewhere else and the lighting's different. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have that blue. And so I'm fighting that back and forth. That's just my eyes shooting a four power lens with an A clarifier hands VP. And it's the target's perfect. I'm, my pin's hard to sometimes I'm fighting with it sometimes, but that's just my eyes, it's, you know, changing. And I, I'm so critical with my prescription. My doctor says you're impossible to work with because I can see my pin. I can't see my sight. I can't set my sight. I have to get a magnifier indicator so I can see it because the lines are so close together. And then he's, he hates seeing me come in because he knows I'm always trying to fight with that and, maybe get better contact so I can, and I, he knows my goal is I want to shoot better to see my work. I don't need to see perfect at work. Um, so that's a little bit tough dealing with the, uh, the apertures and the different lenses. There's so many options. You can't, uh, you should be able to find something, but I can't, I'm working just fighting with that. But, uh, and I'm using a Beast Singer stabilizers, 27 out the front with anywhere between six to 12 ounces, depending on what month it is. And then a 12 inch back bar with 18 to 24 ounces on it. Once again, just depends on what, what month it is. Um, always changing stuff, just seeing how it feels, trying to experiment. So with how much different, um, you know, on your, on your hunting bow, I mean, I'm sure it's totally different, but, um, would you go to like a five pin with a slider or one pin? What, what do you have? What, what kind of hunting bow arrows, that kind of stuff on your, on your hunting bow? I like a five pin slider. I mean, mainly whitetail hunting, you're never probably going to move that five pin and use your slider. I mean, you're talking 60 yards and a heavy can of timber starting, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. But, uh, I've, I've hunted some fields and every once in a while the big buck I'm after comes out in the other corner. And if I ever had to put a, got the chance to put a stock on, I want to be able to, I want to be able to move that slider if I can. I mean, I think I, I usually tune my hunting arrows out to a hundred. And then sometimes with a shorter bow, you can't quite get that on your, you know, your slider just because you're going to start hitting your housing with your air, your fletching and whatnot. I run a five pin on a slider, 300, um, shooting 300 pierces, gold tip pierce with, uh, right now I have 125 grain DPA three blade, kind of like a giant Montec. I think everybody knows what a Montec is, but it's 125 grain. It's got a, it's a lot bigger. And I just ordered the other day some severs. I swore off on mechanicals, but hearing you guys talk about the severs, kind of, I'm going to give them a whirl and see how they see how they go. 
Why'd you, uh, why'd you swear off the, mechanicals? I mean, Do you have a bad experience? Did you have a bad experience with back, mechanicals? Yeah. So I've always shot 70 pounds. I used to use the um, AC, ACC hunters. They were camo back in the day. East, East and made them. I don't know if you remember those. It oh, was that was amazing. my favorite arrow. Super yep. heavy. <laughs> favorite arrow, right. I still have some laying around the house that all bent up and shit, but. I had shot some does at point blank range <laughs> with a mechanical. It was a rocket Wolverine, you know, and I didn't blow through those things. And, you know, I don't even know what they weighed. I didn't even probably have an aero scale back then. I couldn't have to afford one, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking I should blow through and have to rip, pull my arrow out of the dirt. You know, I should be almost where I couldn't get my arrow out of the ground. And I'm not blowing through these animals. <laughs> And I'm like, what the heck? And it could have been just that broadhead. I didn't try too many other ones because I had a bunch. Of them. And then, uh, so we had the rocket hammers. And uh, they had the short nose with the, the wings. They opened from the front. Okay, probably a bad design. But that's 30 years ago, too. So my brother hit one quartering away. And uh, he, he killed it. The little button buck we shot whatever we could, you know, back in the day, put a tag on it. Whatever was legal to put a tag, we shot it. Angling away, that so he shot it in the back rib, the last rib, and that's I'm like looking at it, and it should have come out the front shoulder. I'm like, "Skip, you hit this thing?" He said it was walking this way. I said, "This is your entry hole." He said, "No, this side." No, he said it's this side because there's an entry hole in the hip, and a tip on this side. He's like, "I shot it on this side, walking this way." His arrow hit, caught that wing. The arrow spun 45 or 90 degrees and still went in the deer. Luckily, come out its back hip. He killed it because it was a two-inch cut broadhead on a button buck that weighed like 100 pounds. So he cut it in half, you know, half virtually, almost cut it through a third of its body. But a couple instances there with, with openers, the mechanicals, I just swore off of them forever. And then I got uh, uh, got on with, I shot Prime for quite a few years. So they make Montec G5. I got pocket pulls and those broadheads. And I had tons of good luck with them. So I just stayed with, um, with, with, uh, fixed blades for so long, but you know, there's a new era coming out, new, better designs. So I'm going to give them a whirl. And we'll see. <laughs> I hope I don't, I know, it. I know it'll be fine, but I just, I've always, I swore when I say something, I try to live by it, but I'm, I'm going backwards here, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. I think it was just I, a bad design of broadhead back in the day. I remember. So the Wolverines, that was uh 99 to 2000, or they were probably real big 2003 there was a steelhead a wolverine yeah i can't remember all yep. the different you know ones but they're um, no there were so many and they were not made nearly as high quality i will say that uh as they are now because i went yeah. i did the same thing you did i went back to kind of you know having maybe a mechanical in the quiver but you know four or five fixed and then i kind of slowly went to sure. more mechanicals than than fixed and you know, when I went, I, I think just because I shot the stick for so long, everybody thought I was like only pro fixed and I'm pro fixed. Definitely, obviously, Probably, for a stick yeah. bow. Um, but but for yeah. compound, I'm more like if the shoe fits, wear it. Like if you can shoot a mechanical, I, I don't see an issue. Yeah. But lower poundage, no. you can tune well. That's another one. A lot of guys can't tune. So that's kind of a, a problem. That's but. part of the problem. Uh, let's talk about that a little. Both, we had the mentor program here in PA. It finally kicked in. So the, the, you had to be 12 and had to pass a course and you could hunt on, not on your own, but like my, I, me and my kid could both carry a bow or a gun. Now when they did the mentor thing, they could hunt under 12. It's, you know, fitting for the parents' decision. If they could physically handle a gun, 
a bow and had to shoot 35 pounds after their minimum draw. Um, but they could only carry one bow. Now here's, so my boys would set up their bow. They had a little weight. I can't remember the name of it, but they were shooting deer when they were 10, 11 years old with 36 pounds and a Montec on a gold tip and trotta, like 600 spine. Cause they're only shooting mid 30 pounds. And you know, they're blowing through white tails, maybe the fletching sticking out on the entry side, but they're getting full penetration, not a pass through. So, you know, there's no reason you're not, that someone's not passing through a white tail, you know, with mid 30 pounds, shooting hundred grain cut on contact. And, uh, but right. I would never put, I don't care how good of a mechanical, I would never have put a mechanical broadhead on their setup. Yeah. Just knock it. You got to be sensible about using, you know, common sense, like, you know, you yeah, and that, shoot mechanicals with 40, 50 pounds. And, and when I was at the, tournament this weekend i you know a few people were asking me different things joel uh maxfield was there um he's a light arrow you know guy and i don't i don't know that i agree there's a lot of things that i agree that that he or uh, you know i'm more of a like mid-road guy i just don't um right you know if you got a 31 inch draw you can pretty much do whatever you want um or 30 inch draw you know if you've got a 26 you got to start kind of breaking down what's more important, yeah, you're right? Limited. Yeah. You're, you're limited. Now, if you're shooting 2680, eh, you're not as limited as you were at 2670. No, huh? you're, you're no. 2650. Yeah. You're pretty limited. Like you need to shoot a cut on contact. Broadhead. Yeah. Well, the thing, yeah, Amy, my wife, Amy's going to hunt this year again, and she's going to shoot basically the same thing. My boy shot. She's got a little longer draw. She's, I mean, uh, five, seven. So she's got a 26, 26 and a half inch draw, but she's going to use like a 600, 500 grain and her, spine and trot it and probably 40 pounds with a hundred grain brought it. Now I may, I may need to stiffen that arrow up just a bit. We'll see when she gets the broadheads tuned in, but you know, and she has no question, no question is she going to not blow through a white tail. Yeah. It's, it's pretty eye opening when you shoot a recurve, what you can go through with really slow bow with a heavy arrow. Um, that the thing oh, yeah. with the I'm compound, with some of the stuff you guys have shot through and penetration wise. Yeah. And you know, a lot of it's tuning as well. Like, you know, and, and your arrow or broadhead setup, if your arrow's coming at the animal sideways, cause your bow's not tuned, you're losing a lot. No, like a lot. Of, you're going to lose momentum fast. Yeah. Well on that, talk about tuning a little bit. Like, you know, I get a ton of, you know, questions on that. Um, you know, I'd like to like, how's your, what do you do basically tuning, whether it be a target bow or a hunting bow? Like when I say tuning, you set your bow up and you're figuring out what area you yeah. want to shoot. And then you're getting it to fly, right? Like pretty basic stuff. Well, luckily, like I said, I don't change a lot. And my bows, um, I like an aggressive cam. Most of the bows I've shot. So, I mean, I'm firstly, first thing I'm doing is yanking the factory stuff off. I'm putting a new 60 set of 60 X strings on it. I've shot 60 X forever and my friends own it. I actually worked for them for a little while. Um, I've never had an issue. I know everybody's going to say, well, I had this, I had that with this company and everybody has, you don't hear about the bad things. You never, you don't always hear about the good things, right? So I'll put that on there. I'm putting the new set on right away. I don't even do anything with factory stuff. I don't know. I had bad experiences in the past, so I'm changing them. Um, and then I'm probably going to just shoot it and stretching, get them settled in. And then I'm going to start moving my, you know, loop up and down the string, try to get a good hold, try to get the best spot talk to my friends that all shoot the same bow I'm shooting. Hey, where do you run your burger? Or where your arrow runs through the burger? Try to go from there. Um, get it to hold well. 
in amongst making sure my timing and killer is all pretty even and set. And then get it tuned into your paper good, take it outside, get a good group. Uh, if that's grouping good, that's where I'm going to start. And then I'm going to start doing the fine tuning stuff. I'm going to walk back. I'm going to tiller tune. Um, tiller tune with some cans doesn't work the greatest because like a, a back in the day, a one can tiller tuning didn't do a whole lot for you. Hybrid cans came back around and double cans and hybrid cans. That works pretty well. I don't hear too many people tiller tuning more. Most people, probably some people don't even know what that is. They're like, what is that? So you set your limb bolts equal, set your, um, tiller even, and then I start quarter turn and quarter bolt turn top or bottom until it, it aims better. And there's some times where it'll, you can't, you know, it's just move and you get a little wiggle and then you'll have that quarter turn and it just stops. I mean, it's just like, that's the spot, you know? And so, and I'll go back, make sure my air is still turned into paper. If it's tearing real bad, I'll try to adjust the rest. And then I'm going to go back outside and group tune and uh, move my rest around. If I can get a noticeable uh, difference in my groups with a till or with the rest tuning, sometimes it doesn't make much of a difference. I kind of had it where it was and back. I end up back where I started. It's just, uh, hope for nice calm days and stand back at 50, 60 yards since we're in IB or, you know, 3d and we're maxing out at 50 yards roughly. That's where I try to get my groups. I mean, you can stay in there 80 and fight all day with little wind drift and this and that, but I, I think you're getting a lot of, uh, environment, you know, the wind stuff's changing things might be pulling you on your group a little bit. So fifties, I think for me is I feel ample to group tune at that distance. Gotcha. Now, when you go like when you're when you're doing that, um, I've talked about tiller tuning before and, and there's multiple different I wouldn't say multiple. There's a few different types. So uh-huh. I'm going to dive into this a little bit. And this does not have to do with traditional archery. This is compound. Um, some, sometimes yeah. somebody will get a hold of me and they will say, you know, my my arrow is tearing weak, like no matter what I do. Uh, should I drop spine? Meaning they bump their rest in and out. And I'm like, well, start taking cranks off the top and bottom. This isn't really, this isn't tiller tuning, but it's, it has to do with the same parts and pieces right. of the bow. Um, I'm like, well, right. take a crank off the top limb and off the bottom. See if it gets better. That means your arrow's too weak. You know, if you, you know, if it's, right. you, you know, if <laughs> this is troubleshooting to see what, what level of crisis you're about to hit. Like, is it you? Is exactly. it your grip? Is it whatever? And it's like, Hey, if, if you don't want to buy new arrows and you don't have a ton of different point weights or whatever, um, and it's tearing one inch knock left and you don't know what to do and your center shot's good, start taking cranks off the limb. If you take two cranks off, then, you know, and it's a bullet hole, your arrow's weak. Um, the other yeah. thing, too, is if you're constantly tearing, let's say, knock high, it's not a horrible idea to, I, you know, on some bows and depending upon, and there's a lot to this, but this is another way potentially to pull a crank off the top limb that could take off, take your knock high away. Cause that top limbs limbs are firing harder than the bottom. Uh, another thing is what, what uh, Dale is talking about. And this was something that was taught to me back in the day. Like when you and I were young, um, sometimes yeah. you can adjust those limb bolts a little bit and your bow will hold better if, if, you know, and a good way to tell is, is I have a laser system where I can film it, uh, as I'm aiming at a one spot, let's say at 40, I can see how well I'm holding accordingly, but yeah, you know, that's going to be hard to do if you, if you're not holding steady to begin with, but, um, talk, talk a little bit more about that. Like when you say it's just holding well, you'll have your stabilization set up, figured out pretty well. 
and then you will do that? Or do you kind of adjust both at the same time? Or do you just kind of dink around with it till it holds good? Well, I mean, like I said, I don't change a lot of my bows from year to year. And if I had it holding good before, my state, that weight, where it goes on the bow, some people bolt it the back bar right off the main bolt for the front stabilizer. A lot of bows now have a lower bolt hole also. So if I've done it the year before that, and I know that bow is my second or third Invicta, I know how to weight it, and it should be should be pretty close, you know. I mean, a lot of things that bow's built so well, I don't think it changes much to me. I think that a lot of it comes down to that's when I need to adjust my my cams. Maybe are rolled a tiny bit different, and if you, you know, and like I said, this takes to a different level of shooter too to notice my cam needs to roll a little more, or it's over rolled, or it's not. I need a longer string, a half inch or. And you get into a different level too of ability. How I would say that, where I'm not trying to just hit a five plate twenty yards. I'm trying to hit that quarter at fifty every time. So that's where I think you know, once you, uh, so I have my stabilization figured out, and then I'm just trying to tune, move, um, either moving my loop up and down the string or taking that quarter turn out of my my uh, my bolts. And like I said, that string. I mean, the good string makers make it, but if it's the lengths are just a little different each time, there's so many variables that go into when you get to a certain level too, to where, I mean, I would say everything's the machine, the cams are all cut CNC's. They all ought to be right. That they, what machine did they come off of? Could have been, the, the setup could have been slightly different to where the tracking's a little different and you're feeling the different and how it rolls and you're where, you know, where the cam's positioned in the, Especially if I shoot like an SPX cam, that's a super aggressive cam. I don't think people understand until they actually shoot it what people talk about when they say that's an aggressive cam. And if you don't shoot that, uh, it'll shoot you. <laughs> you can feel that. You can feel those differences in where that cam's rolled. And I'm sure lots of other bows you can feel it as well. It just, it's just going to come down to you and that. Every, every bow's different. Either way, they're the same. So, so and I agree with that because I've never been able to get two identical. I've got them close, but not not identical. Close, right. yeah. That's about as good as it gets. <laughs> so, with your, do you do that with your hunting bow as well, or do you just bottom them out? No, I, I well, I bottom them out because I went seventy pounds usually, and like right now, I got to get about three more pounds out of my hunting bow. I think I'm just going to twist it up a little bit and twist some cables. But I mean, if I have to back it out a half a turn to get it to tune well, I'm not going to fret over that because I don't think the pounds is really going to be noticeable, but I do, I do everything the same on my hunting bow. I want to, if I have to take that, you know, long shot, whether I'm not going to try to shoot a whitetail in, uh, in timber at 50, 60 yards, because there's so many limbs, you can't see everything. So I don't want to take that chance, but if I have to have a follow-up shot, I don't want to hesitate. So I want to make sure everything's as best as I can make it. And I'm going to spend lots of hours getting it that way. Feel I feel comfortable with, especially if I'm trying to shoot fixed blades. But I'm hoping maybe it'll get a little easier with the mechanicals. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Yeah, yeah, it definitely gets easier with mechanicals. Um, well, yeah. with with uh, what what sight? Like uh, you said, five pin. Have you stuck with pretty much the same model for forever? Do you have you bounced around a little bit with that? I've got um, three balls on there right now. I've been shooting them for a while. Um, it's not the new landslide. It's, the, it's the, I think that Accutech Pro or Carbon Pro or something like that. But it's a five ten ten thousandths on a slider. And I've always shot even before that CBE. I would set up a slider 
uh, five pin on a slider. It's pretty much run the same thing because when you get into, as you know, shot forever, if you somebody changed your pin setup, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, my pins are going to be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Something steps out, first thing you do, oh, it's, it's I'm going to put my second pin on there, it's 30 yards. Oh, crap, I changed my setup. <laughs> just shot over its back. And then you just to get it ingrained into your brain for the last 30 years of bow shooting. I don't want to throw myself a curveball when the uh, moment of truth comes and I got a nice box in and out in front of me and I overshoot it because I forgot I changed my setup. Yeah, well, and that so can happen. That set up for as long as I can. What's that? Oh, I'd say that can happen whether you go from three to four or four to five or five to seven. On my end, it's usually I shot seven forever and so my seventh pin was my 80. And then you go, oh, he's 86. So right. you put your bottom pin on it and, and go to put it at his back. And you're like, wait, that's a that's a 50 pin. Shit. Like, because you second nature, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're used to years. Yeah, years of doing the same thing. And then you change it. Yeah, so I'm working on my hunting bow now. I'm just trying. I got, three, I got different fletchings on to see what groups the best with my field points. And then I'll start playing with broadheads after IBO World. It's hard to shoot. I have an ultra, RX-7 Ultra for hunting and it's completely different than my Invicta and right now I'm trying to do target and hunting too and I mean I know you've probably done it too that bow is you grab one bow and shoot it and you grab another bow it's like what happened that feels totally different well I've been shooting this bow for a week well, my and target it's a bow parallel about... land totally different cam yeah. it just mess with you my target bow <laughs> about me well my target bow about sucked me through the peak sites and I'm shooting 22 pounds of holding weight I think I'm at 9 on my hunting bow even my, my hunting bow's more poundage I shoot lower way lower holding weight on my my target bow and so you about let the release go when you know what I mean it's it's totally different the first couple shots you look like you're having an exorcism it feels like I have to push it to get it to go if I gotta push the string to make it go it feels I'm not holding anything yeah oh yeah 100, 100%. So I don't want to mess with it too much till after I be a world and then I'll just dedicate every day until I get my garage my arrows going and then my garage is working yeah so you just got one shoot left for the year then right you got one ibo left just yeah just ibo worlds um there's a buckeye classic a big dot tournament over in ohio i'm going to do it one of these years because it's always late in the year but i just haven't done it but i'm just going to stick with ibo because we're coming out to colorado elk hunting again with some friends and uh, i'm looking forward to that Gotcha. Where I are you sitting? It didn't take 27 hours to get there. Yeah, no kidding. Where are you sitting right now for um, Shooter of the Year? Not the greatest. It's going to take a miracle. It's happened one year. I made up 18 points in one day. The one guy, the one year, but I shot a five the next day and I lost by one point. <laughs> so I've had a couple of hiccups along the way this year. I don't know why. I think I just lost my desire a little bit to. Uh, to keep grinding and practicing like I do. I mean, I do practice, even though it's, I don't want to say it's only semi-pro class, but some of them guys don't think we practice or whatever. But I mean, I, I'm one of the, I got to practice. My judging, I can go shoot any day of the week. My judging is what burns me once in a while. I'll have, sometimes I'll have two fives and only two eights in a, in a you know, at a tournament, but then two fives cost me to shoot. If I could just uh, keep my judging under control to where I don't shoot any fives, I would, win a lot more tournaments. So that's what I'll work on when I get back. We got some ranges near the house and uh just shoot mainly even I'll just take my range finder to work and drive to the range after work and just judge, just walk and look at targets and just not 
have to worry about the shooting so I can concentrate on the targets and work on my judging. Gotcha. How far, how far back are you? I don't really know. I know my the IBO does not do a good job at uh, keeping track of shooters the year like the ASA does. And I've asked multiple times, why can't you guys put out a spreadsheet and just after now, after uh, the third leg of the triple crown, okay, here's where we're at. But I have uh, some friends that keep a good spreadsheet and I just haven't got it from them yet to see where I'm at. Cause I'm almost embarrassed to ask you like, yeah, you're so far back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's probably 20 points for shooter of the year wise. And then of course, Nelsonville, I, uh, we got held up there. I think you talked to Levi talked about that where it got messed up and they canceled it. We started Sunday and then they canceled. So I don't know what they did. And if they only gave you a one day score, that's your throwaway. You could have had 10 up and that's going to be your throwaway because unless they gave everybody 200 points for Sunday. Yeah. So that could have been your best score, but it got thrown out because that's, they drop your low scores. If you, if you've got enough shoots, they'll drop your low one like the SA does. So, I don't even know if that's four county or not. So I can't even tell you where we're at. Gotcha. It's that little snafu that got messed up that, at that last tournament, the third leg of the triple crown. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Well, it'll be, I'll be, I'll be rooting for you either way, but I um, so. yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be cool. I try to watch whatever I can on YouTube. Um, which are kind of, you know, cool watching those or whatever. They definitely, ASA definitely gets more sure. love than, than IBO for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. And um, I, I just like making this, if I make this the third day, the final round where they take the top five scores, that's kind of like my goal. And then I'm like, whatever happens there happens. I just like shooting every day and not being left out. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Like I said, like the old man in the class, I guess, you know, kind of just like old man winter, weather's coming around and still hanging with all the young guys and that's where kind of how I gauge myself with the new class coming maybe someday I'll shoot senior pro or seniors or like I said earlier I'm, I shot youth class and I shot every class and my goal is to shoot at least one tournament in the senior pro, senior class so I can say I shot every class from youth all the way up to seniors I don't think everybody's done that so no that's that's cool kind of like a milestone <laughs> heck yeah well, man, uh, we're hitting close to 45 minutes and I, I know you're with your family. So where, where can they find you on, uh, like social media? If you, I guess if you want them to find you on social media, especially you guys have questions. Yeah, so. Just like Instagram is lowercase Dale underscore Jones 75. And then just Dale Jones on, I don't have any athlete page or anything like that. So I do, I have, I do have a um, public account, but that's where it's at. Gotcha. And if they can't find me, just find one of you guys is like one of your pictures and I've probably seen it or made a comment on <laughs> about something. So I'll be following uh, you and some of your other buddies. They'll probably run across my comment or something. <laughs> or somewhere. Gotcha. Well, right on. Well, I appreciate you uh, for you hopping on here, man. It's been, it's been uh, a while uh, schedule. My schedule is just crazy, but thank you for getting on here. Yeah, no, thanks for asking. It's been an honor. And uh, like I said, uh, I look forward to seeing you. Maybe we'll get, uh, Maybe maybe after you shot the known and realize what's up, yeah, come back and shoot a class, shoot a couple shoots with me, and we'll hang out and talk about old times. That may be what happens. I'm going to start practicing judging because the chance of me hitting 17 12s out of 20 is uh, not great unless I have eye surgery. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm not going to go get a lens put in my eye like Dylan did a year or two ago and get eye surgery. <laughs> <laughs> my luck, the guy would sneeze and 
be the end of my shooting career. So. Yeah, no, no kidding. Well, right on, man. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you getting on and uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you soon. Good luck on the next tournament. I appreciate you. Good luck hunting this season. I'm sure uh, you'll, you'll have uh, lots of good times with that. Yeah. Thanks man. Take it easy. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.